welcome to another episode of the Joy for Ministry podcast. I am so glad you are here today. I have such an awesome conversation with Lindsay, who I am sure you remember from season one, and her mother, Patty. Patty has over 40 years experience in ministry and being a pastor's wife. She raised three kids. We talk about everything from friendships to comparison. It is such an encouraging conversation. You will not want to miss it. So hi, everybody. I am here with Lindsay and Patty. Hi, guys. Hi, Joy. Oh. Hi, Joy. Hi, Mom. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, John Boy. <laughs> That's a good night, John Boy. Carry on. Oh, okay. So you guys, everybody's familiar with Lindsay. Lindsay, you were on in season one and it was such, actually it was two episodes. It was so amazing to have you on. Um, I had got so many comments and emails and just Facebook response about your podcast. And when we were doing the podcast together, I said to you, we need to have your mom on mm -hmm. because we were talking about raising kids in ministry. And I just love your mom. The little that I know from when we were in South Jersey together, yeah. you and your mom are just one in the same open. And so Patty, thank you so much for coming on. Um, when, when I was doing the podcast with Lindsay, we were like talking about raising kids in ministry and, and your name came up and we were like, we have to have somebody who has done this well, come yeah. on and speak yep. to us. Mm. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll give so, it a shot. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and how long you've been in ministry? Okay. How far back do you want me to go about myself? <laughs> to the very well, beginning. You were born. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was born. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently I was born a year later than I thought I was. No, I'm kidding. We just saw a <laughs> genealogy and it said that I was born a year later. And I was like, oh, that's great. I'm a year younger. But um, I was born into a, uh, a Christian home and just a pretty normal home in the 50s and 60s. And, um, and um, I went to college for one year and um, I was sort of far from the Lord at that time, just sort of wandering and just being a rebellious teenager. And that summer um, I came home. From college and started attend, you know, just started going with my sister to my father-in-law's church, Evangel Church in Scotch and um, actually Elizabeth at the time, and um, and I met my husband there, and he was just a child. I was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that part. I'm kidding. He was seventeen, <laughs> still in high school, and uh, but anyway, so um, I ended up really just really coming back to the Lord at that time and not going back to college uh, and staying home and working. And a couple of years later, we got married and uh, started out um, just going to Bible school together. And we went and we did that for a while until he sort of uh, thought, nah, this isn't for me. I'm not going to do this anymore. And so we moved back home. At the time, I found out I was pregnant with Lindsay. And um, I was 23 and my husband was only 21 at the time. And um, so he then went through a very severe depression, um, which I know Lindsay had talked about with you um, when she went through that. And that at that point, we just felt after he came out of that, we felt called to Bible school. 
So we went there and then started out at Bethany Church in Wyckoff as the youth pastors under Otto Wegner. And then after we were done there, we went and planted a church in Greenwich, Connecticut. And that's where we went next, right? Yeah. And then um, after that, we went to Kingsway. And from there, we went to Point Pleasant, where we are now. And we retired a year and a half ago. And so it's been an interesting journey um, for us and a fun, very fun journey with challenges, but so many wonderful things along the way. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so, we, so I have three children. Lindsay's my oldest. And then her brother, RJ, is actually works on staff at Kingsway with Brian and Lindsay. And then my youngest um, and his wife live in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. A lot of times you hear about couples that feel like they are called into ministry and they know that before they get married. Now you guys got married and didn't even know that right away and then felt that tug towards ministry later, it seems. Is that right? Well, yes, yes, sort of. So when I met Ray, um, he, I grew up in a, in a Christian Missionary Alliance church and um, I can remember going up to the altar on Sunday nights or whatever and praying. And I just always used to say, God, please don't make me a missionary and or a pastor's wife. <laughs> and, and then I met Ray and I knew that he was feeling, you know, when I met him called, said he thought he was called to ministry. He was um, 17 when I met him, 19 when we got married. And, <clears throat> and I just thought, well, you know, I'll, I can do this. I didn't feel called, but mm. I loved him and we, you know, we're going to do this together. So when he went to Bible school, he went for uh, about two years, we went and, um, or he went and all of a sudden he just said, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm not, I'm not called to ministry. Wow. I, this isn't for me. We're going to leave, you know, and move home. And we did that. And when, and when he did that, I'm like, Oh, wow. This is awesome. That was just a test. And, uh, now I'll have to be a pastor's wife and, um, yeah, but there we are, here we are 40 years later. Um, wow. yeah. So it wasn't something that I ever felt called to. He did. And I was going along with him, but then, um, after the, the depression that he went through, um, the Lord spoke very, very clearly to both of us together. And so from then on, we were both on the same page and, went to, to school together and he went to Southeastern and Lindsay was a baby and um, yeah, and we went with her and yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was, but it was fun. It was awesome. Mm. So you mm. knew what you didn't want to do mm -hmm. at first and then you felt called. So did you feel prepared to step in that role into that role of pastor's wife? Was it different than you had thought it would be? I, I did not feel prepared at all. I don't think either of us felt prepared. Um, we just felt a call that was, there was a, a missionary that came to the church and we, you know, like I said, we had already been to school and I already quit and were just very involved in his dad's church. We were leading a, you know, um, young marrieds couple. We loved being back home and being at his dad's, you know, being involved in his dad's church and a missionary came through and he had a prophetic word and it was a huge, you know, it was a very, very, pretty large congregation. And when he began to speak, it was very specifically saying things that were speaking to us. And 
after the service, we went to raise dad and we said, what did you tell him about us? And he wow. said, I didn't tell him anything. And we just knew at that point. So, you know, it moved very quickly. Um, and I did not, neither of us felt prepared. And one of the reasons that we ended up not feeling the first time that he was in school when we were first married was we had come home for Christmas and we were staying with his parents and they hosted a pastor's Christmas dinner at their church. And we were, Ray and I were sitting there and we we're looking around and we're like, we do not fit in here at all. Wow. We are not like the, the rest of these people. This is just not us. We're, this, is not, <laughs> we're, this is not good. <laughs> so, so when we did end up going back, we felt that the Lord said, I've made you the way you are and mm. I want to use you guys the way you are. We knew we were different. You know, we've always been different than everybody else. But, um, but we felt like the Lord told us that he had called us and that he wanted to use us the way we were. And so <sighs> not feeling prepared at all, just felt that we knew that we were supposed to, you know, be supposed to be doing this. This was an obedience thing, you know. That's so good. And sometimes that carries you through the hardest things, just mm. knowing that you're being obedient. That yes. carries you through like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not prepared, but I know I'm being obedient. Mm -hmm. Yep. That was it. That was it. That's been it for us through the 40 years. Yeah. Mm. I think, I think some of the beauty of the, those days, even that, even that era, you know, back before all the technology, before all of the knowledge <laughs> that we have <laughs> is, you know, I think I just, I listened to so many of the 20 somethings, especially 2030s, um, college students, young adults. And I almost feel like there's, there's so much knowledge out there. There there's book smarts. You can Google anything you there's too much. It's mm -hmm. almost like there's not enough room to just be yes. figure out things out, listen to the Holy spirit, you know, let him do the directing we have too much information and it, it's supposed to make it easier, but it complicates it. I think a lot. Right. And you know, I think that that's just a huge part of your guys' story. Mom is that you, you, you felt a call and then you were like, Nope, <laughs> not the yeah. thing, but what yeah. did God do? You know, the call was there. Mm -hmm. All, even when you stepped away from it, he brought mm -hmm. you back to it in the right time. But yeah. you, you just followed him. You lived your life. You followed him. You sought his heart. You made decisions together. And, you know, you didn't run up against this pressure to, to know everything, to get it all 100% right, to walk that tightrope of perfection with the onslaught of information, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. Much. It's too much information. Yeah. And I love... What I love too about that is even connecting with what you said, Lindsay, you know, like Patty, you sat at that dinner and you looked and you said, we don't fit. There's so many, you know, um, women out there that, that look at even through technology and through information, you look at mm -hmm. the big name people and you're like, I'm not that mm -hmm. I, I can't write or I can't preach or I can't. And it's just on a grander scale. Instead of sitting at a dinner and saying, I don't fit, you're looking you know, mm -hmm. everywhere and saying, I don't fit. And that's what I love about this ministry. And that's what I love about having you on to speak to people is you could say no 
you just have to be obedient. You don't have to fit a mold. Yeah. Right. Yes, right. exactly. It's so true. So what were some of... There's a lot... Oh, I'm sorry, Joy. No, go there's, ahead. There's a lot of fun to that too, right? Yeah. I mean, how much fun? There's been a lot of hardship for you guys, but there's been a lot of fun just being mm, yeah. who you are. And when everyone else is wearing the suit, he's got the jeans and the cowboy boots on and how freeing, you know? And because yeah. it's not a, that, you know, people can try to be different out of a heart state of rebellion, but that's not what we're talking about. It's just knowing who you are, yeah. being who you've been created to be, knowing that there are people that only you can touch because of that. But that, and, uh, that is, that's something I, I think, I, I know I didn't know that then you know um i think i was just you know i've i was just i was an out of the box enough person to just know i didn't fit and know that god wanted to use us the mm. way we were whatever that meant but there's so much you don't know then you know about ministry or about who you are even in ministry and so it is something that i think is something that comes with experience and you know, maturity oftentimes, because like you, Joyce, Joy, like you said, you know, a lot of women today compare themselves with social media, with the big names and all that kind of stuff. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, the whole issue of comparison, you know, I know you asked later some of the other questions, but that's been always one of my struggles and especially in the beginning, because there wasn't all the social media and all that stuff, but there was always the church that was really thriving or the church that had just started out and had grown so fast. And that pastor's wife, you know, was like dynamic in her, you know, personality and her countenance. And, you know, you just feel like, oh my gosh, I will never measure up to that. I will never be that. So it doesn't have to be, you know, the big names that you're comparing yourself to. If you're gonna be insecure or you're gonna be always trying to measure up to somebody else, it can be anybody. So true. That's so good. Ooh, I can't wait to get to those questions because it's like hitting me. I don't know that anybody has responded to the, well, that question. We've never talked about, I don't think that word comparison has ever come up. It's coming up about fitting a mold or trying to be a certain way. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. um, so what were some of the early struggles that you faced in ministry and how did they affect you, your marriage, your family life? Mm. Well, some of the um, early things I, I, I do again, I'll say is, um, is, is the whole um, comparison thing. I know that I, I know that I was insecure and I never felt that I would measure up. And I always even compared myself to friends of mine in our church that had a very a different gift than I had. Mm. So, um, so, you know, if you think that, you know, with, if you're if you're a person that's just very relationable and very whatever and then you see a friend of yours that has a very strong teaching gift or you know whatever and you're like like i should be like that i'm a pastor's mm. wife i should have that gift i should have that gift so i think that that's you know probably my strongest thing was just insecurity and comparing myself yeah that's so true and that's so big and now even you know, now you're adding social media to it. I think yeah. it's such a trap and it, it makes us freeze. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've gotten, I, I, I just as a person, um, and I know that people talk about this, but I've, 
taken myself off of some social media because I I don't I I don't I don't like to feel the way I feel sometimes after I see some of the things that I've seen about whoever's doing what together or whatever. And I don't, it doesn't really, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm older, I'm sort of past that, but it still sometimes makes me feel yucky. So I just, I'm like, you know, I don't need to see this stuff. I don't right. need to. And I would, I would honestly suggest that people, you can live without it, you know, mm-hmm. with all that, without all that social media. And especially if you're the type of person that it makes you feel yucky, Yeah, you know, just don't measure up. Like you just, you know. Yeah. Right. Right. So there's two quotes that I, um, about comparison. So one, uh, Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And Mark Twain said, comparison is the death of joy. Wow. And I just think that those are so profound, but think about that. I mean, these are old dead dudes <laughs> right? without social media, you know, not living in modern day and they said that you know i don't what were they comparing you know what were they comparing things to success or whatever but you know just such a amazing thief and death and you know it's um joy is different than happiness joy is contentment joy is the deep part of your spirit and your soul that is supposed to be based you know on the things that that are intangible and so it's not even saying that comparison is the thief of happiness or comparison is the death of happiness. It's talking about that deeper level of spirit, man and soul and contentment and all of the, the fruit of the spirit even, you know? And right. so I think that it is, that is such a huge thing that we have to be aware of and we have to rein in and we have right. to be, we have to do whatever we need to do to not entertain that, you know, to guard that. Just, well, think of, just think of that scripture, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So if we let anything rob that joy from us, you know, we're not, we're just not, we're going to struggle. We're going to waver, you know, in our walk in our confidence in the Lord. Right. And I think so much of what we struggle with today is being deliberate in these things. And Mm -hmm. this is what I want to speak to the younger women that are starting out in ministry to back to 20 years when I was starting out. Um, You know, there's certain things you have to be aware of and be deliberate and fighting. And if you're not, they come in and they rob you of joy Mm -hmm. and they keep you ineffective in thriving in ministry. And if you're not deliberate about it, you let them in and they just wreak havoc. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's one, one, I can one of the words, one of the words that I, that I love. And when I do, um, I've done some teaching with the younger, the women in our church, which is one of the joys of my life, um, is, um, intentional. That word intentional, just, we have to be intentional about everything mm-hmm. in our lives, you know, our parenting, our marriages, if you're in ministry, the way that we do ministry, we just, you have to be intentional or deliberate right. same thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I love that. So rolling right into intentional. Um you know, I've talked to women about raising kids in ministry. I did a podcast early on when I first started this with a mother of four and we were like, okay, let's do let's do a podcast on raising kids in ministry and we get on and we were literally like 
nobody ever gave us advice or talked to us about raising kids. Nobody said, boo. So here you are. And you're like, you know, you're preparing for all, all the other stuff. You're thinking I have to be this way or I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden you have kids and you're like, nobody's ever talked to me about raising kids in ministry. So you have raised three kids in ministry. They are all walking with the Lord, which is like what I aspire to more than anything else is have my kids walking with the Lord. Um, what are some things that you were intentional about, or maybe some things that you messed up, but the Lord made up for, or, you know, what's some wisdom that you can give to people who are in it right now? Uh, well, priorities is, is number one for, you know, I've never been like a driven person in ministry. Um, so I wasn't one that felt like I had to teach a Bible study and I had to do all these different things when, you know, my ministry was my kids. My ministry was our home first. I mean, you know, I've told so many people it was your personal relationship with the Lord has to stay fresh, has to. I mean, and that changes obviously when you have babies, that's hard to do, but that's, you have to figure out a way that that's to keep that fresh. Your relationship with your husband um, is of utmost importance. And then my kids and our home, so, you know, even before all the stuff that's going on today, the home and the family was being bombarded. And I just always felt that our home was, had to be a place of refuge, you know, for, for my kids, for our family, um, and for others, you know, that, that came into our home. So just, you know, prioritize. And I, I loved being a mom. I just, I loved having my kids and I can remember when I was growing up, my, I just, I, I was the youngest of three girls. My sister that was two years older than I, we were just, um, people always thought we were twins. There was just a lot of competition between us. There was a lot of sibling rivalry and a lot of fighting. And I, when I had my kids, I just thought that's the way it's going to be. It's just going to be havoc in the home because the kids are going to fight and there's not going to be any peace at home and it's going to be horrible. And, um, I heard James Dobson one time talking about um, raising kids and that the, some of the most fun and, and special and sweet times of raising kids can be during those teen years. And I can remember thinking, yes, that's what I want. So we just, we, we worked, we worked at having a relationship with our kids and building a foundation of relationship from the time they were young and it transitions and it changes throughout their growing up years but that there was, there was a relationship there, you know, and it, it, you know, it, it changes all, all throughout. It just, it always cha is changing, but um, I just, I, I feel like it's so important that parents have a handle on what's going on mm -hmm. with their kids and knowing their friends and, and having an open home and, um, I don't know, just saying no. I mean, just being a parent, right? you know, be the parent, <laughs> you know, yeah. and just know what's going on and don't close your eyes to things um, that, you know, you, that are going on. And I don't know. Lin Lindsay had talked about at our, when we did our podcast about you being, she saw as a kid, you were the same person at church that you mm -hmm. were at home. And I love that. Because mm -hmm. as a kid, you see your parent on every angle. Mm -hmm. And that really challenged me 
to say, okay, am I, you know, going to be this, am I going to show my kids that I'm the same everywhere? Mm -hmm. You know, that I am in church, that I'm putting my best, that I'm doing that at home. That really challenged me. And I love that your daughter said that about you. Yeah. That's very telling. You know, we weren't perfect. I mean, you know, we had to figure things out all along the way you do. You make mistakes and you have to ask for forgiveness and you do the, the, hi, Bri. Ryan? Sorry. <laughs> you can interrupt anytime. Hi, Joy. Hi. Hi, Bri. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hi, favorite mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, I always thought it would be my kids that would like I'm so, so there's know? nowhere in this house that that I can that I'm ever alone. <laughs> no, I love it. That's awesome. You could be alone in the bathroom. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm no, sorry it's, Carry it's on. so hard to try to um to try to you know just in a nutshell you know say the things that you know you feel were were key important things along the way but i just i just know that you have to stay invested in your kids you have to know you just have to know who they are and you can't be a hypocrite i mean you can't you can't be like oh super spiritual at home and then screaming and shouting and you know whatever fighting you know at home all the time we had we weren't a perfect home but we had a lot of fun right Linz? yes a lot of laughter and a lot of fun yeah. yeah and i'll tell you one other thing i feel like it was so important to bring jesus into our home hmm. so so much so i mean um, I, I remember going to the principal at the school once and saying, you know, we were talking about something that was going on. And I just said, our, our faith and our religion is not just something that happens on Sunday at church. It is so integrated into our lives every single day. And that, that was, I think, very key is just mm. that um, Jesus was just a part of our lives, a part of our home. We established traditions and we did all kinds of things together, but um it was, you know, so centered around, around him, mm. not, and not in a super spiritual way. We didn't have three hour devotions at the dinner table or anything like that. We have four hour. <laughs> That's the trick. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that is a, is a huge part because again, along with this idea of like all this knowledge and all of this information, you know, I, I hear so many so many parents or your kids, you know, talking about their home and there's, it's almost like there's this overlying layer of super spiritual everything and not enough, just common sense, normal stuff. Mm. Like I, I, I just, I've heard, you know, you can go both ways where it's all, the home is just as secular as the world. I'm not saying mm. that. But, but there needs to be a balance. I feel like if you're going to have that relationship where you're, with your kids where Jesus is attractive mm, yes. and, you know, we don't, we don't have to try to, like he can, he can handle himself. <laughs> He's, we don't need to defend him. We don't need to dress him up. We don't try, have to try to make him cool. What, what he is and who the presence of God is, in, it's enough. Mm. But we can certainly make him attractive to our children right and i feel like if they can never if everything that they ever bring to us is 
we turn around and make into this super spiritual mumbo jumbo. That's not attractive necessarily to a 13 year old boy. So how can we take that deep spiritual relationship that we have and make it attractive to our kids and make it applicable to our kids and not make it so high and lofty that they can't attain it, you know? Right. Um, and I think that, you know, my mom and dad did such a great job of that because our lives just, it, it, I think I said this maybe even in the podcast that we did, I can't remember, but it wasn't compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, okay, we're going to put on our Jesus hats now and it's all going to be spiritual talk. And now we're going to take them off and now it's going to be our feeder on the earth talk. You know, it was all together. So conversation could just as easily weave into spiritual things, but then someone farts in a <laughs> family prayer. And now all of a sudden we're rolling on the ground laughing, you know, I mean, that was never me. That was only my brothers, but, um, but do you, do you know what I mean? It was yeah. just this fluid motion of like life and fun and Jesus and all of it can be wrapped up together where relationship with the Lord is like attractive to our kids. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and I just think that I, I think that that's so important because I really have heard a lot and I've seen a lot of family dynamics where the parents are so spiritual that they just don't even really know what's going on on the ground level with their right. kids. That is no good to anybody. Right. Um, so I don't know what the key is to that. I don't. <laughs> But I think that that's something we need to be aware of, you know? Right. And I think that's no, something definitely. That mom and dad did really well. Yeah. Um, I love that. And I think that's so important for our household. I think it's so important for our community to see that we are real down to earth. Like you said, Jesus, he can, he can take care of himself. It's not like you have to prove anything. You just be you. You know, some of my really close friends are my neighbors Mm-hmm. And that took a while to build because I was always afraid of how they would perceive my husband mm-hmm. and me as pastors. And I have people that aren't close to me in my community because, you know, of how we look, we're, they're the pastors. So they think they can't say things in front of they can't do. And yeah. some, it took a while to build up some of my best friends. My neighbor across the street listens to every single one of my podcasts. Mm. I have family members that don't do that. She faithfully <laughs> listens. She is not in a Christian church. She is not in ministry. And I think that when your community and your kids see you just being real, right. they're like, I want that. I want to be in a, in relationship with you. Yeah. Um, so I think that's so important and not be high and lofty or one way at church and a different way at home. Yep. Um, but it just being, you know, showing Jesus through just you being you and walking with him mm-hmm. and having him change you. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to create, um, times where the Holy spirit could really just come. It, that's up to him. We can't maneuver, we can't control that and manipulate that, but providing opportunities for him to visit us in our home. And there were so many times where we just had just such sweet presence of the Holy Spirit in our little traditions that we were doing that I wanted to be fun, but I just wanted to create memories for for our kids. And the Holy Spirit was so faithful to just show up. And I can't tell you as young kids, you know, just the presence of the Lord that would just touch all of us, you know, it was so cool. 
and something you just said about your neighbors. So one of the things that I learned early on was don't tell anybody I'm a pastor's wife. When I used to like be, when I used to be out, you're saying this. (laughs) I used to be out in the community, like when we were in Greenwich, Connecticut, it's a very affluent area. So it was Wyckoff, but um, I can remember when people, as soon as people knew we were pastors or I was a pastor's wife at any function, I would just see the walls go up and, and I hated that. Yeah. So I can remember saying to people, just don't tell when you introduce me, don't say my pastor's wife, just introduce me because I want to be able to, you know, be myself and I don't want them judging me and me having to like prove myself that I'm normal, (laughs) you know? Right. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's sort of something I moved into as we I went love along. that you say that. And that's part of the whole point of this is like that you say that and you're somebody that I just look up to and respect. I can say, Joy, it's okay. You know, like it's okay that I feel that way. Somebody else feels that way because mm-hmm. it's true. There are the walls that go up and, and my neighbor, Colleen, I love her. Hello, Colleen. She listens. She is somebody I've latched onto because she loves me and accepts me doesn't, doesn't matter. And I find that that wall goes up and think of how much harder it is for my kids. You know, I'm an adult going through this for my kids that say my dad's a pastor, you know, that's hard because they, they immediately get that thing back, you know? Yeah. That was another thing we used to say to people, don't our, don't expect our kids to be any different than your kids. Don't expect them to be perfect angels because they're pastor's kids. You know, don't put that on them. We're not going to put that on them. And I don't want you to put that on them either. Right. We would say those things. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. So I have a question for you. And um, Lindsay, feel free to jump in. This is something I'm walking through with raising kids in ministry. You have kids that are in ministry, Patty. You have, you know, your son, your daughter um, that are in full-time ministry So I hear pastors, wives, women in ministry say they've tried to shield their children from hurt, from pain. And I think that's important, but at the same time, you have kids that are in ministry, you want to prepare them for walking into that. Was that, how did you shield that in your home? Was that something that you like hid, like church isn't painful or ministry isn't painful um, or is that something that you allowed them to see and did that affect them going into ministry? Well, first of all, I didn't want my kids to go into ministry. I, I just, it wasn't like a desire that I had, that, oh, they should be in ministry. Um, that was never something in our, in our hearts to do. But while we were walking through with our kids were younger and at home, um, I would say it was 50-50. We didn't ever want to give them a negative, like if you're at home and you're at the dinner table and you're talking about somebody on the board or something, or just anybody that, you know, has done not so nice things or said so not so nice things or hurt you. I used to get really hurt for my husband when I knew that people attack were attacking him or whatever. And so that we made it a policy that we would never badmouth, you know, the church or ministry or people in the church in front of our kids. There were certain things that we had to hash out privately. But I think also that as they got older, we didn't try to hide them from, um, hide from them the, um, the reality of, you know, of ministry. I mean, there were wonderful things about ministry and there were difficult things about ministry. Right. 
And I think for the most part, we try to be very um, balanced in that. Lindsay can maybe answer that better than I can because she was one of our kids. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I mean, as I got older, I think you, you become more aware of people's behavior when you can tell when someone's hurt or something's difficult, you know? Um, but no, I mean, I don't, as a kid, I, w I think I was oblivious. I know right. I was, you know, mm -hmm. um, probably wasn't the brightest <laughs> child. I think a lot went over my head. And never <laughs> ask questions ever. <laughs> Can I say <laughs> it's a personality thing? Um, yeah. yeah, but then, um, no, I, I think, I think you guys did a really good job of that. There were times certainly that, that we knew that something was wrong, but you know, balancing that is so important. It really, really is because, you know, children, there are certain things that are real life things that yes, certainly you need to be led into this. You know, even when I was talking about going through depression around my children, getting them getting to an age where it was appropriate for me to say, Mm. this is a really hard time. Mm -hmm. Mommy is probably going to be crying, but I didn't have to give them the gory details, right. <laughs> you know? And I think, I think it was probably the same thing in our home where there were certainly times where something was bothering you guys, but you know, there's, there's just a balance of what is okay to tell mm -hmm. your kids and what's really not necessary, you know? Right. Yeah. Do I have to say, I have to say that for us, um, uh, nothing's ever perfect and nothing's ever all good. But um, for the most part, while our kids were young, while they were, we were raising them while they were young, we were in a very good, healthy, fun church that we planted and that we started, you know, and um, so it was, you know, that was a, a great season. And that was all through, all through Lindsay and RJ's schooling. Are the first two um, all through their school. They both graduated from there. And um, so the time, there was a period of time we had a very difficult start. And, um, and that was our youngest child was still home. But I think he was very shielded from the hard, from most yeah. of the really hard. Right. Yeah. That's good. I like that it, it's a balance. I noticed that people respond differently. Some people try to shield their children. And I was so curious just with you having kids that are in ministry, what that balance was like. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that's true. You want to show them that some things are hard, but not give them the gory details mm -hmm. at times. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. So um, what are some things, what is something you and your husband did well in ministry? Yeah, that was a question you stumped me on a little bit. Um, so um, <laughs> I think that um, the problem with that question was that I could think of a lot of things we did well. <laughs> I couldn't think of a lot of things we didn't do well, but I did think of some things. Um, and it's not because it was perfect. It was just because uh, anyway, so some of the things that we did well were um, relationships. Ray, my, Ray and I are both very relational. And we're not like the type A, um, you know, visionaries and got to set these goals and reach them. We were just sort of, that's why we were church planters. I mean, we enjoyed new beginnings. We enjoyed starting things. So we start things well. And I would, 
I think that looking back, I realized that we've, um, we've had healthy churches and strong foundations. And I would have to say, I mean, if you ask probably anyone that's been in any of our churches, they would say that that's based on relationship mm. and on just a very loving um, family kind of that, that's sort of how, how we, we've done things. And um, I, I know the churches that we've been a part of, and I know that they're still healthy and strong. And, and so I would have to say that, you know, and we still have close friends at all the places we've been. Mm. So I would say that, that that's something we've done well. Hmm. So reverse the question. What's something you struggled with? I, I, I asked him, you know, what, what he thinks that were some of the things that we struggled with. And I think for us, it was, I think it was um, me, neither of us, he, he's a very good leader, but neither of us were like administrative, like, um, you know, we're going to set goals and we're going to make plans. And so I would say for like, we would have people that would rally around us as a team, but we weren't necessarily good team builders, I don't think. And, um, and I think that we didn't, we, we've seen pastors more type A come in following us and get people to like really work and really plug in and really, you know, really put their hand to the plow, right? And they may have been more like French people when we were there. So we feel like, well, we, maybe we weren't the best at like bringing out like people sacrificially working at the church or for the church or volunteering. Um, but I guess, I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, that does. That's good. I love reflecting and looking back and saying, you know, like I can look at when Jason and I start out in ministry and see things we didn't do well. And, and through God, it's like one of the things that we do well now. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think that also, you know, it, it depends on whose eyes you're looking through too. You know, um, if you're asking people, I think there's some people that would look at you and think you do everything well, or that you can, you know, and there's, and you could do nothing wrong. And there's other people that look at you and think you can't do anything right. So, um, you know, so you sort of get to the mm -hmm. place where you sort of um, evaluate your own like you just said, now you look back and you see a lot of the things that you did wrong, mistakes that you made. And we definitely did. We just learned, you know, as we went. Um, yeah. Yeah. So here's a big question. Friends and ministry. Yes or no. Thank you so much for listening today. Please come back next week where we continue this powerful conversation. Hey, if you need prayer, please go to our website, joyforministry.com. You could submit an anonymous request or you can email me, joyforministry at gmail.com. It comes to me. I send it out to our prayer team. We have some powerful times of prayer. Also, can you please just take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, to rate us, like us, and share us with your friends? Thank you so much, and we will see you next week.